You're listening to Athleisure Kitchen, where you'll get the inside scoop with those in the culinary world from celebrity chefs, food personalities, restaurateurs, and more. I'm your host, Kimmy Smith of Athleisure Mag, so set an extra plate as we chat all things culinary. On today's episode of Athleisure Kitchen, I sit down with Artie Sequera. We began by talking about her culinary journey and how we first met her during season six of Food Network's Next Food Star, where she won her season. We talk about her show, Artie Party, her love for sharing Indian foods and being a Food Network personality as a host and a judge. Just in the past weeks alone, we have enjoyed her judging on the latest season of Halloween Wars, and then immediately after, she's judging Holiday Wars. She shares how she takes on her role as a judge and why honesty is essential when she is interacting with contestants. We also talk about her latest project, My Family Recipe Journal, which allows people to record their family recipes as well as to add new ones that you have created with your friends and family. She talks about the importance of maintaining these culinary moments and how through this, families can still be connected through space, time, and generations. watching you on Food Network Star and winning it, which I knew that you would. And when did you realize that you wanted to work in the culinary world and share your food stories? Gosh, first of all, I was 10 pounds when I was born. So I think mm. I've always had an appetite. Mm-hmm. My poor, poor, poor mother. I was her first baby and <laughs> I literally scarred her for life. But yeah, you know, I was born into a family who are obsessed with food. I mean, my family will talk about what they have eaten before they will tell you about how they're feeling about what they're eating. <laughs> because that is probably a clearer barometer of their emotional well-being. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, and I... Yeah, it's just it's very, it's really the center of our lives. Um, I think because food is such a huge part of Indian culture. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in, in India and in South Asia in general, you can tell so much about a person, their community, their history based on what they eat, mm. right? Because their religion, their religion yep. will decide certain things that they can eat, where they're from, the way they cook it. I mean, it's just such a huge part of our identity that that was just a natural thing that I sort of brought up with me as I grew and um, I came to the state. The ironic thing, though, is that my mom um, is an incredible, incredible cook. I mean, she's sort of known in our family as the incredible cook. My dad has a very exacting palate, um, (laughs) and both of them are world travelers. I mean, they've been all over, my dad especially, and when we would go on holiday, we would go to places that he had visited on business trips, you know. Mm. He'd come back, he'd be like, we got to go to Istanbul, you guys will love it. And then that summer we would go to Istanbul. It was this mm. really beautiful, beautiful gift that they gave us. And so, of course, even when we went on holiday, that was about what we were going to eat and then yep. coming home and trying to recreate some of that and share it with our friends and family. And so cooking and eating have um, marked, you know, every joyful and difficult moment in my life. And so in my 20s, when I was here in the States and um, I was hitting a real rough patch in terms of um, I had always thought that I wanted to be a journalist and I had mm-hmm. been pretty successful at it. I'd worked at the 
company of my dreams, which is CNN. Yep. And um, and then sort of the bottom fell out of everything, and I couldn't find work, and I was starting to really question my worth. Um, I retreated to the kitchen. You know, I watched a ton of Food Network. <laughs> yep. I watched every cooking show I could find. I read all the cookbooks, and I just started tinkering around in my kitchen, and I found that cooking gave me this sense of heat and comfort and quiet and a sense mm. of being able to turn chaos into something beautiful, which right. I desperately needed at that point in my life because my life did feel like chaos. Mm-hmm. So cooking really saved me in many ways because I I had I was having a huge identity crisis um, and around the same time, you know, that's when my faith came together and mm-hmm. so faith and cooking and everything that happened right then in my 20s, it was a crucible and mm-hmm. it was really hard, but I'm so grateful for it because it really helped me establish who I am. So what are your three favorite ingredients that you always like to have on hand? Oh gosh, um, <laughs> <laughs> how could you narrow it down to three? I know it's so tough. It's so hard. I know. Um, I think I would put it down to sort of the Indian Mm -hmm. uh, holy trio, which would be onions, ginger, and garlic. I think if I have those three ingredients, I can build pretty much any savory dish. Mm -hmm. And listen, if I caramelize the onions enough, I can make a sweet dish. Oh, wow. (laughs) That's right. Okay. A little Um, double duty action. I don't think think if you walk into into my house, you will always find those things sitting on the counter, even if I have nothing else. I always love like when I am watching Food Network and I'll see you popping on the grocery games or over on Chopped or, you know, Halloween Wars. And I know that on November 7th, Holiday Wars comes out, which I'm super excited about and I know people can get it on I love just the whole thing of seeing these incredible bakers like doing what they do and obviously during the holiday season especially you know as we've navigated these past 20 months it makes you feel like that sense of family fun and feeling like a kid again so Tell us, you know, for some of our readers who may not have seen this, what's the show about? I know it's hosted um, by Manit and that you and Shinman are also judges. Um, And and tell us about this show. Okay, so Holiday Wars is, you know, it's close to a tradition on Food Network Mm -hmm. as there is because it's been on for, I think, 11 seasons, 12 seasons. Yep. Yeah, it's it's a long-standing show. So I was really honored to be invited to be part of it. Manit is hosting. Shinman has been judging it from the beginning. Mm -hmm. So she's the OG. And then uh, then I'm there. (laughs) Which is awesome. um, Yeah. Holiday Wars is a show that has bakers um, on, I would say, on the inside and the outside. Meaning... Mm. They have to gulp and create for us these beautiful vignettes that will communicate, a, you know, whatever the theme is of that episode. But mm-hmm. they can only use sugar, flour, eggs, butter, chocolate, some isomol, and maybe a couple of dowels. You mm. know? Wow. They have to make us a piece of art. Now, on top of that, they also, this season, what's so interesting is they're also going to be heartbreakingly <laughs> cutting into their creations oh. at a certain point. <laughs> Because somewhere in the middle of their their beautiful sculpture, there is a cake for us to take. Hmm. Um, so that's why I say inside and outside. This isn't yep. just about the flavors. It's also about, you know, the art of it. And so I think that makes it such a unique show um, and something that keeps the whole family involved. I, I watch it with my kids because... Aww. 
you know, they can somewhat, in, you know, they can imagine the flavors, mm-hmm. especially my little bougie palated children. <laughs> but also, you know, it's uh, the thing about Holiday Wars is, you know, it's it's what we get so excited about, right? Like mm-hmm. we drive around the neighborhoods and look at Christmas decorations. Everywhere we go, there's holiday music playing. We've tumbled through the year and, and we've come towards home, mm-hmm. right? I mean, yep. at the end of the year, this is what you want. You want comfort, you want some warmth, you want some hope. Maybe that's what the holidays are all about. Mm-hmm. And that's all wrapped into one here on the Holiday Board. How does it feel as a judge, like to sit there and watch all these different things going on. And obviously, you know, people are going through the competitions and, you know, do you find it hard to be able to kind of categorize like what is better than something else or all these other different things? Like, it it must be pretty tough. It is really hard, especially as we get further and further into the competition, because listen, I am a huggy buggy. Like I... (laughs) I start to really get invested in these people because I care about them you know mm-hmm. I, if, if I could hand them all the trophy I would but then, right. that doesn't really behoove anyone so um, the longer we go the harder it is for me to tell them hey this didn't work mm. but I have to remember that I this is this is the advantage of being a, someone that has competed mm-hmm. and continues to compete yep is that I know I know what that feels like and I don't like it when I can tell that a judge is holding back from the truth. Mm. I want to know the truth. That's how I grow and that's how I get better. Mm -hmm. And so I try to keep that in mind too. I try to bear in mind all the difficulty of cooking in front of one billion cameras and light and the stress that that involves. Mm -hmm. Um, I try to keep in mind their fatigue because really, you know, after a few weeks into the competition, there's physical and emotional fatigue going on. I try to keep that all in mind. But at the end of the day, everybody is there to move forward in Mm. the competition and in their career, right? Yeah. So I just I have to shoot it straight, and but I try to do it with as much grace and messy as possible because right. that's what I want. Exactly. Is yeah. there anything you can tell us that we should look out for? Um, I will tell you. So you know, this show follows on the heels of Halloween Wars. Yep. And it was really interesting to see um, how to make a sculpture really pop, really have an impact. On mm-hmm. Halloween Wars, in a way, you could really um, you could really cash in on the drama yep. of the, the sculptures were very dynamic. Now, when you move over into Holiday Wars, mm-hmm. there's no shadow. So mm-hmm. I found that they actually had a somewhat harder challenge because what they're trying to play on is nostalgia yeah. and memory and humor and that thing that you can cannot put your finger on that gives you those feelings, right, in mm-hmm. your heart when you go, oh my gosh, I'm completely in love with it. And, yeah. I, and I, I can tell you all the stories that this makes me think of from when I was a kid. That is very hard to do. And so um, there were definitely a couple of creations where even if the execution wasn't great, I can think of one right now, mm-hmm. I was brought <laughs> to tears over it when I heard the story Aww. behind it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It just made me cry. And so... Um, um, grab your tissue. There oh will gosh. be some crying. <laughs> I love, oh, I, I mean, I love this show. it won't just be me. <laughs> no, it probably won't be. Sometimes I'll watch things like that. I'm just like, oh, God, <laughs> I can't believe it. But it, it is a story. And, you know, it's it's kind of interesting. Um, I was looking at your My Family Recipe journal, and I love this concept. Like, I believe that people tell stories through food. It, um, it's pretty hard when you talk about a certain dish without talking about either something that came from your family or some type of an experience that you had. And especially with what we were talking about, family bonds and also just the holiday season and all these feelings it comes together with, what 
Where did the idea come from for you to create this? Well, so um, my grandmother, her name is, uh, or was, Lucia. Mm-hmm. I, my middle name, I got my middle name from her. Hmm. So she was this whirlwind in the kitchen. She was the kind of woman that would say, oh, okay, I'll make a cake. And she would wing the recipe. And even though she didn't have an oven, she would steam it mm. on the stovetop. Wow. And it would turn out delicious. And everyone was like, oh my gosh, Lucia Harrison is this incredible cook. And she was. And um, unfortunately, she passed away quite early in her life and in, in the life of her children and so um, she did not write her recipes down Yeah, because I think she thought well I'll always be here mm-hmm. and so for my mom and her sisters and her brother uh, for whom food is such a huge part of their life mm-hmm. to not have those recipes and not have them written down in her handwriting it was just a huge loss yeah. you know thing. and so my mom started her own recipe journal I think probably consciously or subconsciously to make sure that that didn't happen for us. Mm-hmm. And she has been keeping a recipe journal as long as I can remember. She has so many of these big old day planners mm-hmm. filled with her recipes, written and rewritten, tested and retested, and that. It's full of the traditional things that tell us where we're from, mm-hmm. but also new things that she's come up with um, because of the experiences she's gone through. So it's really sort of this living testament to who my mother is. Mm. And one of these days, she is going to pass, right? Right. And I don't like thinking about that, but what I will have and what my sisters will have is that testament yeah. to who Rosemary Sequeira was. And not only will I be able to run my fingers along the handwriting and touch her, mm-hmm. But I'll be able to recreate those recipes. And you know, when you make your family recipes, that person is back in the kitchen with you. And that's also a way for me to reintroduce her to my girls and help them understand, hey, you come from me, but you also come from Rosemary Sequeira. Mm -hmm. You also come from Lucia Harrison and a bunch of, you know, Mm -hmm. generations before you who all love cooks. And this is, you know, these are the flavors that they were really into. And this is why, you know, like this is why we have the sweet palau sweet pilaf recipe mm. because you know back in the day there were rations and my grandmother had to come up with a recipe those mm. are the stories right that yeah. that will that sort of pull our root down into really deep soil so that we can stretch up high and wide and um, so I think it's really really important to write these recipes down because family recipes naturally inherently connect a family mm-hmm. and these days because our lives are so full they're so busy and because frankly families are all across the country and all across the world yep. we've got time and distance coming for our families mm-hmm. right yep. and stretching them and so something as simple as sharing a family recipe can be the glue that pulls that family back together mm. and if there's anything we learned over the past couple of years is you can take a lot of stuff away from us mm-hmm. we will find a way to remain connected to those people who are really important to us family in one whatever that means. And so um, I got together with my sweet friends at Spring because they know how to make beautiful things that mm-hmm. are blessings to us and able, you know, enable us to bless others. And so um, they helped me create this recipe journal. Mm. And so um, there are blessings at the beginning of every section. Um, and I get a little choked up to think that there might be families all over the country um, saying those blessings before they eat mm-hmm. this holiday season. And um, there's also pieces of scripture on every page and we've broken up the pages into eight sections so you can decide Mm. how you want to divide your recipes. Every section is color-coded. All the colors are inspired by saris in my mom's closet. Um, And the interesting way, the interesting thing about the way we set up the pages 
is that page one is not for you to write the recipe on. Mm. That's page two. Page one is for you to write the title of the recipe, the kitchen from which it came, oh. and then to write your memories of that person or the times that you've eaten that recipe. So that that stays, right? Mm-hmm. When you write something down, you give it value. You take something abstract that maybe only lives in your mind and you put it down so that other people can share in that experience. And so that's why I think it's really important to me. That's why that's on page one. Wow. I mean, it just seems like such a yeah. beautiful, you know, book and obviously something that's perfect for gifting and that's just that's amazing yeah thank you yeah I mean I was watching it um on your Instagram when you were like showing the book and I mean I love the colors I love how ornate it is and it feels like so homey when you look at it you know something you want to honestly put on your coffee table too when you're not using it Um, yes, it was meant to, in my mind, it's meant to look like a jewelry box. Yes, that's, you know I was I mean? just going to say that, but I didn't want you to be offended. But I was like, um. No. <laughs> <laughs> Why would I be offended? Yes, yeah, it's, it's a complete jewelry box because I want I want people to understand that their family recipes, no matter how humble mm-hmm. or, you know, intricate, they're jewels, yeah. they're gems, and that you should hold on to them and you should protect them and you should pass them down like an heirloom Mm -hmm. to the next generation. Do you see creating other products like this, like other things that will eventually add into it so that people can continue sharing their stories? I mean, that's the hope and prayer. This is just the beginning of a relationship with Dayspring. We have some really cool ideas coming up. Um, So I am so excited to have a partner who um, values family and values connection and values faith as much as I do I mean, those are the things that keep me going. I mean, really, on a day-to-day basis, if I didn't have those things, I would be all mad. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I think we can all relate to that. Holidays can be hard for some people, and I wanted there to be something to help them get through this time. can't wait to sit with you again to share another great story with you at Athleisure Kitchen. Athleisure Kitchen is a part of Athleisure Studio, our multimedia podcast network, which is the division of Athleisure Media, and whose sister site is Athleisure Mag. Get the latest episode by listening, following, and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Premium, Himalaya, or your preferred podcast platform. Find out additional information by checking out the show notes. You can stay in the loop on who future guests are by visiting us at athleisurestudio.com backslash athleisure kitchen and on Instagram at athleisure kitchen and at athleisure studio. I'm your host, Kimmy Smith. Athleisure Kitchen is executive produced by Paul Farkas and myself and is mixed by the team at Athleisure Studio. We'll be back with another episode, so make sure that you set an extra plate for us.